0: What am I going to do? Quit? That's not an option. You got to keep on keeping on. Life's a garden, dig it? You make it work for you. You never give up, man. That's my philosophy. Welcome back to Legendary Mindset. I'm your host, Jake P. Richardson. So this week's episode is with um, my old boss, Chance Neff. So I worked for Chance when I was a sophomore and junior in college, and I spent every day out there. Uh, we were use ewes, feeding, um, taking care of stuff in the summers we were breeding, and, you know, when I walked in there, I... I Told myself, I was like, you know, I want to raise sheep for the rest of my life, and if I'm going to do it, I'm about to find out if this is really what I want to do. And I can tell you, I walked out of there still thinking I want to raise sheep for the rest of my life. And you know, I learned a lot from Chance. Um, I saw hundreds of sheep every single day, constantly evaluating, and uh, and he was a really good boss for me at, at that time because I could pick his brain every single day. And uh, we would talk about, you know, just from lining sheep up to what they, you know, discussions of what sheep needed to look like and and even into every single other species. I mean, just, just a really good livestock guy to be around and um, definitely someone I, you know, I hold to a really high regard. Uh, but here's Chance Neff's interview. Hope you guys like it. Jake P. so uh you born in angelo
1: yep born and raised in san angelo uh went to school uh, or elementary school a little school called very best and graduated a high school uh, a little town north of san angelo really yes sir parents from here uh no actually um my dad grew up in a little town north of here um called colorado city and my mom is from a town called pecos southwest of here and uh my both sides of my family originally from Colorado City, but my grandpa was a principal out there really? and shop teacher. Yep, there,
0: there's still a bunch of nests in Colorado City, right?
1: Yeah, a bunch of us around there, uh, and back west towards Big Spring back in there, but uh, pretty much all of our family, both sides, is from Colorado City. Mm-hmm.
0: Did you like growing up in West Texas? Yeah,
1: yeah, uh, it, it was a neat deal. Um, feel like we grew, I grew up in a town of I guess there's a hundred thousand people here now, but uh. It always felt like a small town. Everybody knows everybody. Um, it, kind of a, a unique feeling. you know. Uh, we're 90 miles from the interstate to the north and 90 miles to the south. So uh, I always had that small town feeling and you really just kind of knew everybody growing up. Mm-hmm. So
0: you went to the very, very best. And I know Connie was a teacher. Was she your teacher? Yeah. Asking? Very best. Uh, my mom like?
1: taught there for uh, 15 or 16 years. And uh, she started off as a fifth grade teacher. And then moved into more of a uh, uh, technology role. She ran all the computer systems and did all that for the school. So I had her for uh, one or two uh, computer classes uh, when I was little. And then whenever we moved to uh, to Grape Creek, I actually went to school, moved to schools when she did. Um, she went in there and taught graphic design and uh, video editing and all that kind of stuff. So I had her in one class. I'm sure I was probably her... Her worst student that she had, but...
0: uh, Yeah, did you get in trouble in school?
1: You know, I I was always pretty good at uh, avoiding or evading uh, trouble. I guess I was...
0: um, Or evading getting caught. Yeah,
1: yeah. One of our uh, friends growing up's mom said that they were always comfortable with their kids being with me because I was a little sneakier than than some of the others. But uh, my mom, uh, in in her class, uh, I think she actually cussed at me once, maybe twice, uh, you know, just... uh, but uh no it was a lot of fun having her in class and really uh looking back and thinking on that just seeing what she did every day and how she affected a lot of those kids and uh i know there was a kid in my class now that actually lives in la and does a bunch of uh oh does a bunch of video stuff really? malt stuff yeah and uh, it all goes back to her class that's where he learned it that's where he he learned his passion so that's kind of a cool that's thing awesome. to see and I follow him on social media and all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of a neat deal. I,
0: I don't know if I've ever heard Connie curse. I mean, uh, maybe I have,
1: but... I bring out, I bring out the best there. What can I say? <laughs> so what,
0: what did your dad do growing up?
1: Uh, so as, as a child, uh, my dad was very, very involved in the livestock industry. Um, they had a trucking business. They uh, ran cattle, ran horses, a bunch of racehorses. Um, did all, all kinds of stuff. Uh, he showed cattle, right? Yeah, he showed cattle uh and then uh he came down to angelo and uh went to college and was working at the feedlot and uh decided that college was not for him and uh from there kind of went into uh oh he ran an animal health business here in town and they dealt a bunch of vaccines and just different things that you would need on the animal health health standpoint and uh he uh he kind of reached out there and went out on his own and uh, he had a couple investors that he met from the animal health side of things that uh, kind of helped him. You know, uh, we all need a little help in life, in my opinion. However, wherever we're going and whatever our goals are, and he got real lucky and had a guy that kind of stepped up and really helped him get started. And I think he's had that business for 30 years now mm-hmm. and been really successful. And uh, he's a hustler, I can tell you that. Yeah.
0: I mean, he's business-minded, sharp, like very, very good at that. Is that something he's kind of just born with, or did he learn it from those guys?
1: Yeah. Uh, so those guys that he was dealing with back then, that would have been the late early 80s, early 90s, were, uh, man, they're extraordinary businessmen. Um, and they got their hands in everything in terms of energy, uh, livestock, just all kinds of stuff, real estate. Uh, so I'm sure he learned a lot from them guys about that, but uh no, his dad was a business owner. Uh, my, grand, my grandpa owned a business and uh, was a hustler too. And he was always, uh, you know, I think, if I think back and I think about just to describe my dad is uh, never seen anybody works like that guy. Uh, he, he's hustling. And uh, he always wants to do his everything 100%. Yeah. I mean, there's, uh, so I, I think, you know, kind of, they had a, a deal at one point where they uh, had lost a bunch of, uh, oh, kind of struggled a little bit there uh, whenever he was first getting into college, and uh, he was on his own, and he uh, he made it work, and uh, now, I mean, he's uber successful, uh, has an awesome business, uh, but he still works from 6 o'clock in the morning till. Whenever he sits down at night at mm-hmm. eight thirty nine 9 o'clock at night. So, Every day. Yeah, he, he's still getting it. I remember, what what are that, was that
0: a magazine or a website that interviewed him after Trump got elected? Yeah, yeah. His... That
1: was, uh, who was that? It was uh, one of those financial shows that you see like on uh, Fox News or, or something. I don't remember exactly who it was. It might have been Merrill Lynch, uh, you know, called him and... Uh, and really, it was a deal where his investor guy had, had turned them on to him and uh, talked about his willingness to, to be more aggressive with the stock market and his investments and everything he was doing since Trump was elected. And, uh, you know, he he uh, he's very, very humble, uh, probably the most humble guy I've, I know. Uh, he'll, he'll just tell you that he's an old ditch digger. And, uh, and I'll tell you right now, he, he's more than that. Uh, he's an an inspiration to me and uh i think he's an inspiration everybody's ever worked for us and helped us uh and he is a philanthropist and uh he, he he's just a really neat guy uh, and a lot of fun to be around and and that that deal when they called uh, i'm sure he tried to act like some kind of country hillbilly with them but uh we've got that somewhere that interview and they tried to fly him up to New York, and he told them that they could bring their. Really? Yeah, he said y'all can bring your ass down here. I ain't gonna. Not- I'm not going up there. Yeah, he don't have any. Uh, he doesn't have any uh, inspirations to go up to, to the big city. But uh, he said
0: something some- on there that. Con- what was it? Something about Calicut. Or- yeah,
1: yeah. I'm trying to remember what that was. He got that off of something, off of maybe a song or something, and he always says that one. Uh, he thinks he's shocking somebody with a statement. Told that lady that, uh, you know, oh, I don't remember what it was, but something about you know she looked at me like a cow staring at a newgate, you know, like.
0: And kinda quoted that one in big letters or something. Yeah, like yeah,
1: it. it was huge on there. I actually kind of forgotten about
0: that deal, but yeah. So he was pretty involved, show dad. I mean, you guys yeah, started yeah. early.
1: Yeah, yeah, we. Uh, so as a kid, um, you know, a little kid, my dad was building his business, and, and rolling, and uh, very busy, and after school, we had some family friends down the road that I would go home with, and uh, they had a bunch of pigs, and by God, I'd go out there, and I'd brush them pigs every day, and I think I enjoyed it more than their kids did, and, uh, but that was always something, we always, you know, we're at the shows, we're, we're at, you know, we'd go to the rodeo every year, at Angelo, and the rope, and Fiesta, and we were always around it, and involved, and When it came for me to be in third grade, that was all I worried about was uh, wanting to show. Mm -hmm. And uh, that guy that helped him start his business actually had bought like a registered Suffolk buck at the Red Raider sale or something, Mm -hmm. you know, up there. And uh, he had a bunch of fine wool ewes that were, you know, they would concentrated real hard on their wool. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we went out there and and I I kid you not, this barn that was a wooden barn... Fences falling down, and to my like, I'm not trying to make it sound like this guy was broke. This guy is a probably multi-multi-multi millionaire, and but that's just how he operated. Mm-hmm. I mean, and uh, the first three sheep that ran down the chute were the ones I got, and they, they were commercial sheep. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had tail jobs done on them. Haven't done a tell job in years now. That was pretty calm back then. People just kinda of showed yeah. the sheep out of the field and they did yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. I mean we didn't we didn't necessarily do good. I think my dad, uh, you know, at that point we were uh, he was still hustling and trying to get that business built and um, didn't have just a whole heck of a lot of time to spend with it. But or or money, you know, we didn't really have the, the resources to go out and buy a high dollar one, which at, the, at that time, a hot dollar one, you was know, 750000 mm-hmm. bucks. And you were nine. Yeah, and I was nine. And, and uh, you know, uh, pretty much the only thing I remember about that first year was uh, I had a blast. And my dad told me, do not let that sheep go in the ring. And I had three of them. They were, you know, at the time, 140-pounder was huge. And they were all 140 pounds. and uh they smoked me not i never let go and uh i wasn't last but uh, at the time you know we'd have 40 sheep in a class at our county show and uh wasn't last i was sure close to the bottom but uh then in the next year i think we put like 25 head on feed and it was it, it was, was go down. time
0: yeah so where'd so. you go for those i mean did you find some help or some competitive guys all around or <laughs> yeah something?
1: yeah so luckily in our area um at the time finals and crosses were kind of the king and there was a bunch of guys around here that raced a bunch of them uh you know I, the the guy we really got into with first was a guy named uh greg hoinsey and uh his father-in-law's e.h brosick and at the time they were the uh the kyle smithwick if you will yeah. of that time man they were they were competitive and um and we really got in tight with those guys and i remember we bought like sheep out of there that brought like two hundred and fifty bucks, and that thing went on. And uh, I think he won like twenty or twenty-five champion and reserve crosses that Your year. Your second year? Yeah, it was my second or third year right there. Yeah, I mean, so you guys figured it out pretty quick, haven't yeah. to... Well, we had some we had yeah. some good help. Uh, you know, my my dad uh, is very very competitive, and, and he watched it, and he was around, and uh, pretty much year one was proved to me that you want to do the work. And, uh, and, and I guess I I convinced him, uh, that I had the bug and and we did it. And yeah, that second year we, we hauled and we showed and showed and showed and we were feeding sheep from Greg Hornsey and, uh, Pat Jackson and Cypress up there at, uh, Eden. Mm -hmm. Um, and then if I remember right, when I was in probably fifth grade, that's when the the Newsoms moved from uh, Leveland or Littlefield up there, down here, and we kind of started buying some sheep, a few other places, and uh, we were running with them real hard. and And Kevin was helping us some. You're Logan's age. Yeah, Logan, me and Logan are a year apart in school. Okay. Um, Logan, you know, i say is my oldest friend that I've uh, in the world. Of. We've been friends since we were in uh, fourth grade or so, and. Uh, always been very close friends uh so yeah me and them boys we ran around together we went to piles of shows uh I always remember uh oh shoot it seemed like we'd pile in two vehicles and there would be uh always tell stories about going to uh like San Antonio, and like we'd get my mom's suburban and my mom and Logan's mom Cecily would be in the front and we'd lay down the middle seats, and we had this old TV with a VHS player in it, and uh, us, us four boys, and my little sister, we'd all lay down back there. Probably, you know, nobody would do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And just incredibly unsafe. But uh, we'd uh, we'd roll down the highway and go to those shows like that, and follow our dads, and uh, we had a blast. Uh, truly, a. a uh, a family event that we got to enjoy with some of our very good friends
0: what was your favorite part about it when you were that
1: age just trying to win and be kind of
0: like probably compete against the newsom boys or was it... yeah me
1: and logan were real competitive uh together and you know it, it was it was fun um but he kind of showed more of the he showed a few off breeds but he showed more blacks and uh you know and then i was stuck start, we started buying those sheep from kyle and um uh, we got more competitive than what we actually were, and, and everything was just rolling really good. And we had a lot of fun uh, with them. I, I got a picture. My mom's got a picture somewhere. One year in the uh, TGLA between me, Logan, and Connor. Well, me and Logan had won. He won the wolves in the intermediate division, and I won the finals and crosses. And he won the all around. And if I remember right. What, one of us won the showmanship, and the other one, you know, one of us from the region, and uh, it, it, we took home every buckle except for the south-down buckle, and Connor took home the the uh, junior south-down buckle. They have this picture, and there's just buckles everywhere, and we, you know, and it was super competitive. It mm-hmm. wasn't unheard to go to 50 shows back then, yeah. you know, it was, it was a lot of fun. and so we up yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I had the bug. Uh, didn't hurt that I had friends that had the bug. Yeah. Um, friends that... Became lifelong friends, you know. Uh, so it, it was, it was fun. It was a mm-hmm. unique deal. So
0: played some football too, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, really enjoyed sports. Um, played some football. Had a lot of fun with that. Played some baseball. Uh, you know, played a little basketball. We had a lot of fun. Did uh, you ever get hurt sports, in football? Uh, a little bit, you know. I was kind of banged up. Kind of a walking bandage but yeah. nothing too terrible there you go so
0: so you judging 4-h i mean steve steve's talked about that a little bit how'd yeah. that start
1: yeah uh you know i remember going to those contests in like third and fourth grade and just getting my teeth kicked in um and that was that was a learning curve you know at the time we had jeff ripley as our uh as our county agent and mark tucker was his assistant? We had an assistant agent back then. Mark
0: Tucker that raises no, no. Person? I think
1: uh, this Mark Tucker. He lives up at uh, around Lubbock, Lovingland. Now okay. he's a banker, uh, I believe. That was the last I heard of him. But uh, he, Mark would haul me and the Newsom boys. Uh, we'd go around all these contests, and we did good. Um, and then when Jeff left, we uh, Marv, Marvin Enzer was our uh, county agent. And he was only there for a couple of years, um, but he'd haul us around and we judged. And, you know, it felt like back then we were going to 15, 20 contests a year, you know. Uh, if we weren't showing, we were judging. And, uh, and I learned a lot, learned a lot from, uh, from Marvin, and he kind of helped me get a little better. And then I think I was in uh, sixth grade, sixth or seventh grade, and I'd won my first contest. And I remember dropping two points and, uh, and won that contest. And the next week, I mean, I thought I was on top of the world and, uh, we go to a contest at Sweetwater and I fifted every class, but one. And I remember, uh, I guess that's the first time I remember just truly being passionate about how I felt about something. Cause I just was convinced that the officials were wrong. <laughs> now, looking back, I was probably completely wrong, but, uh. But once Steve got here, we really got to, to rolling hard and getting really competitive. And, um, How old were you when he got here? I was a, I believe, freshman in
0: high school. Who was on the team at that point? Was it still just you and New
1: No, no. They had moved to Runnels County. And um, I'll stand by this to the day I die. I was on the most talented uh, f- senior, senior 4-H team that, that's ever been. It was, uh, it was me and then you had, um, Slayton Struby and Slayton was a uh, senior in high school at that mm-hmm. point, and, uh, then we had Bryce Munn, who's now, uh, coaching at Blinn, and, uh, judged at A&M very competitively, uh, and then Clint Hoffman, who went up and judged at Tech, and I think he judged at Blinn also, and all, I think all three of them guys went to Blinn, and then, uh, two of them went to A&M, and, and Clint went to Tech, and, um, Clint raises some some uh, nice hogs over there.
0: The, is he the stud? Is
1: that his? Uh, stud? no. He, Clint's is uh, West Texas Genetics, oh, okay. I believe. Yeah. Um. But uh, those guys were on my team. Uh, of course, Slayton. Uh, you know, he's done a, an awesome job over there with their sheep program, and uh, it was kind of cool that one year. Uh, you know. Two guys that grew up together on the same high school judging team. He raised the grand at Louisville, and we had the reserve. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that was kind of a cool feeling, that you is know. Cool. Especially they're not being just a whole pile of blackface sheep out here in, yeah. in West Texas. So I mean, and they're from the same county. I, I noticed that, but I, I didn't realize you are all from the same team. Yep, that's cool. So we had a we had a lot of fun that year. You know, I learned a lot. Uh, it was really good for me because those guys had won a. Uh, uh, a state FFA title and I believe maybe even a national title in FFA and uh, they they knew what was going on and at the time you know I was still young and, and growing and learning and sometimes I'd get lucky and, and get up there and, and beat a couple of them and other times they, they'd, they'd beat up on me yeah. and, but it was a lot of fun and uh, I learned a lot and I learned a lot about competition then I think and um, you know I, we uh, <laughs> Kind of had a a blow up on our on our state contest and didn't get that one. Uh, I think that was that was the beginning of our uh, three year run of being fourth at our state oh judging contest. Yeah, and uh, three out of the four teams that year actually were from our district of uh, the top four teams and uh, kind of a crazy deal. Uh, very competitive area at the mm-hmm. time It still is
0: garden cities in this district
1: right uh no no they weren't they, they they were kind of on the line oh, okay. and uh i don't remember i think that was district six or something like that but uh it, it was a lot of fun and, and i'll tell you what was really cool about that was uh that was the first time i guess i got introduced to like the traveling as a caravan and being around other teams mm-hmm. when we'd go to those state contests we'd travel with glasscock county and uh and up there at floyd county which is where jd raglan was uh coaching and his son brady and then then the uh the foster sisters and uh you know they, they were very competitive also and we got to be friends with them guys and that was a lot of fun getting to be around them and it, it was a neat uh neat deal so you've bragged about steve
0: you know as a person and, and he was your coach yeah what was you know what you learned from him i mean off after that uh, what was your favorite part about you know just having them having them there
1: Steve let us have fun yeah you know uh, when it was time to work by God we had to work and but Steve let us be ourselves mm-hmm. and never he never tried to put his true opinion and thought process on us uh, you know in terms of type and kind mm-hmm. really um, that I can really remember uh, you know I remember uh, this is crazy but my freshman year of high school I still remember this class it was a south down market lamb class like who works out on one of those but we did mm-hmm. and uh we were getting ready for that state contest and I remember I got real cute and uh there was a skinny one in there that I thought was a stud mm-hmm. and uh I started him and he just looked at me and said you need to rethink your priorities and I at the time you know I mean he was little and skinny and I was looking at him as a prospect and there was some some thick stout ones that were ready to go and uh uh you know that just that's the only time I remember, remember him kind of getting on me and and uh, and really getting into a class like that. But he kind of would explain the differences and let you have your own opinion, and, and that was kind of a neat deal in terms of just growing and formulating an opinion. Yeah. Uh, so, but no, he. Uh, <laughs> so I, I'll stay by this. Steve's the second coolest guy you know that's ever walked the face of the planet behind. Uh, Parks Tucker and you know, (laughs) if you know Parks you completely understand where I'm coming from there. So Yeah. You got
0: any cool Steve stories that maybe he didn't talk about? You didn't talk about the Lano (laughs) trip, the the Hummer you guys rented.
1: Man, those were good times. Uh golly, I he uh (laughs) you know, I don't know. There's not really many that are too PG. Um but uh no Steve the Lano trip was a blast. When he took us to Louisville, um it, that was, uh, you know, we didn't have the greatest day there. I think we finished fifth or something like that. But uh, I'll never forget. I'd been begging Steve to take me to Mike Hancock's, you know, for for ye ever. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, at that point, Mike was on top of the world. Oh yeah, Goodfellow was rolling, uh, Ultra was rolling, all them things were were kicking it. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he took us up there. uh <laughs> As a, I was a freshman of college at that point, and uh, I don't think I quit smiling the whole time I was there. I might not even place the class right. I don't remember. But uh, You were in Mike Hancock's presence. I, by God, I was there, and I got to see it. and uh, I'll never forget, uh, I, I Mike took us up on this hill on the back side of his place and was like, look over there. You can see the foothills of the Appalachians. And I thought, you know what? This is the most beautiful place I've ever been to mm-hmm. in my life and uh and that was a lot of fun and and steve steve uh (laughs) steve took us a lot of neat places and taught us a lot of neat things um and let it he let us be kids and have fun and never really gone on to us we did some real uh real juvenile things you know on those trips and uh but uh no he he was awesome and and i thoroughly enjoyed i couldn't have been uh Put in a better situation in terms of a mentor mm. than having Steve around. That was, it was really, really good.
0: Definitely. So, I mean, you kind of mentioned it a couple minutes ago about, you know, typing kind in those judging contests. I always – that was kind of the challenging thing for me was, you know, battling between using the one that my coach says I need to use and the one that I like the most. Yeah. Did you, did you kind of run into that a lot? You know,
1: I I, I, uh, I ran into that a bunch. Uh, you know, I got the deal there in, in high school where I would – Used the one that I liked the best, and maybe at that that level, it was more. Hey, we just need to muscle these things, muscle and body these things out. Mm-hmm. And uh, to this day, you can probably ask anybody that uh, has ever seen me judge. Muscle is not number one priority for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, so at times, I was a little tough, and that carried on through junior college and senior college. Uh, my my two coaches there were always uh, on me a little bit about that stuff as well uh you know looking back you know you got to play the game to win and contest uh, logic yeah you know and uh now that i'm doing this and bringing them and and making them i I can see it a little better um in terms of just a thought process of why it goes that way in terms of just teaching basics um but uh you know i I wish at times that i would have maybe bought in a little more not been uh quite as opinionated as maybe uh, as i was but uh you know, I also think that's what made me who I am and um, kind of molded and shaped what my thought process about livestock is as mm-hmm. well. So,
0: so you went to South Plains, right? Yep, yep, went to South Plains. Um, I understand when you were trying to decide where to go. I mean, you had you didn't decide till the day you had to leave. I yeah, think, right?
1: no, no, I, uh, I, uh, it, it's no, uh, no secret that, uh, Kyle Smithwick was one of my biggest mentors also. And um, I really – I didn't know just a whole heck of a lot about, uh, oh, really uh, how the junior college world actually worked, except for my buddies that I would that judged with me. Probably Bryce. Bryce and and those guys. And um, Bryce would call me and tell me, hey, you need to come to Blinn. And I'm like, well, why doesn't the coach call me, you know? Yeah you know, looking back, they don't have time to call you all the time, and using your connections like that makes sense, um, so I, I talked to them, and I didn't know, and I'd talked to Kyle, and we talked about the coaches and everything, and, um, yeah, that was a really hard decision, um, uh, really, really blessed, and, uh, that, uh, <laughs> as my parents went to, uh, Dosa, and they pretty much told me, like, hey, you know, you gotta pick someplace, <laughs> and I, uh, I decided to go to South Plains, and that was the best uh, best decision I ever made. Uh, Cade Wilson, was yep. coaching there,
0: right at
1: that time. Cade was judging coaching there, and uh, you know, still one of my very best friends. Uh, an awesome individual. Uh, again, a lot like Steve. Um, Cade never tried to push his ideas onto us. He tried to teach us about livestock. He tried to teach us how to sort livestock. But wanted us to be uh, convicted in our own opinion. And, uh, and that was really neat. Yeah, he taught us how to think yeah. and uh, and how to prioritize. And he, he did a really nice job of that. Um, he, uh, I'll never forget, we were judging a class somewhere. and uh, My opinion kind of rose up, you know. And he talked about this top pair being close. And I told him I didn't think it was close at all. And... Uh, we kind of got in a little argument, and he told me he was going to kick my butt at any weather show out of that you?" He said butt? Yeah, well, now. He said, her, her weather's going to kick your ass at any show, and you can take the weather out of the other one. I said, I'm not cutting the other one. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, no, that that was, uh, I'll never forget that. And, uh, you know, looking back, you know, that was something that, uh, it's just kind of a neat learning deal. that You can take different things away from it, um, but it was a cool deal, and, you you know, I learned a lot from Cade, and and uh, still to this day, I, I value his opinion. Uh, he's a great friend of mine. Mm-hmm. So. so
0: you said you you kind of struggled with, you know, liking that kind and being forced to put maybe third or fourth in a class. Yeah. Where did that kind come from? Is it is it always been the same? I mean, I could describe it to a T right now, but like, has it always been you know up and out, good looking?
1: You know, athletic. I don't know exactly. I always had a passion for blackface sheep. Mm-hmm. Um, now, growing up a lot, we showed mainly finals and crosses, like I said, and I worked for Kyle, and um, a lot of those uh, finals and final crosses, you know, terminal shape and merit was their strength. Um, I always, whenever they'd run across the pen and we'd talk about sheep, and we'd sort use always like the ones that were just a little flatter-shouldered. Uh, a little neater-necked, uh, and ones that were just a hair more unique in terms of their typing and kind, um, which was kind of uh, an odd deal because, you know, Kyle liked them a little stattered, a little bigger pinned.
0: Um, that really wasn't even a trend back then. No,
1: no, but I'll tell you, the, probably the reason I got onto that deal was there's about three bucks that I can remember. There was a, a white buck that Kyle raised. He called 150 that just looked... Like a headhunter. I mean, he looked completely different than anything else. Uh, he was high-headed. He was shallow. He was maybe a hair too long-bodied, but uh, just way different than the rest of them. And those females proved to be invaluable. I mean, they were incredible. Um, and then he had a couple of bucks from Dennis um, Dennis Luce. And he had one that was number 44. And that buck made champion after champion after champion, man. I mean, they were they were really good. But walking to the pen... I didn't really like 44 that much i mean he was stout and wide and big ribbed and big pinned he was a little off in his hip a little over fronted um he had these these two bucks called smoothie and milkshake and smoothie and milkshake they were high-headed and shallow and freaky and awesome in terms of their touch and tone and back shape um they were really really cool at the time they probably didn't have just enough stuff from behind Mm -hmm. um but man they were neat sheep and those two bucks kind of struggled with fertility, but uh, the lambs that he got out of those things, um, ha, they would uh, they'd rear back and they'd win every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it was milkshake. I think he only had like four weathers or something ever out of milkshake. One of them was uh, champ- the first one he ever had was a champion across the San Antonio that year. Uh, I Always liked those those kind of sheep, mm-hmm. you know. And I don't know why. I, I mean, I was uh, surrounded by. Power guys, yeah. And uh, I guess I just wanted to be different.
0: Yeah. So what year would that have been, kind of?
1: Oh, I started working for Kyle in 2000. Probably, I'd always sold sheep for him at the yeah. sales. Um, when I got my driver's license, I was able to go out there every day, and that was probably 2005 or so. Mm-hmm. So. So
0: I know. I mean, back in those early 2000s, sheep were pretty wild looking. I mean, inside mm-hmm. the side was shallow talked about as much then as it is now or was that kind of like a new idea people probably shook their head at it
1: you know I think that uh, it was a new idea that was it kind of derived from that cavernous 118 mm-hmm. protocol composure it was a new idea and I think people wanted to freak them out yeah now with that I don't know if we got their bottom lines right in them we got their chest placement up, but I don't know if we got their bottom line. Yeah uh completely correct to make them really proportion out um it wasn't something we talked a whole lot about it at, at, at kyle's uh, on the off breed type deal but uh i think it was something that that was coming on and coming on hot and so
0: i've heard some theories about how that kind of got started i know i mean you, you kind of mentioned the the 118 and composure but you know clay kelly Elliott was coaching at that point and he was pretty much pushing making them look shallow and all that right back
1: mm-hmm. then yeah yeah uh, you know, at that point, um, I didn't really know those guys. And I remember I would just—I was a website junkie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was Club Lamb Page maybe or, or something like that. And uh, go on there and check all them websites. And uh, I just remember um, on my computer that I had in my house, I had Goodfellow as the backdrop. I just thought his picture was incredible. Um, Protocol... Uh, you know, I thought that thing's picture on that red dirt always looked way neat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so at that time, that's only the only, uh, I guess, avenue I had to see those sheep was really uh, online. So
0: I, I can relate to that. I mean, growing up, I knew everybody's website, I knew everyone's sheep were bred, and
1: yeah. just
0: pay attention to it. So you went to tech. Yeah. Um, how'd you decide to go there? I, know, I knew you kind of thought about AM too, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so I'd always wanted to judge for Rathman. Mm hmm. And um, we'd had a, put together a decent relationship when I was at South Plains. And at that point, I think uh, there was an option, I think, for him to go back to A&M. And I wanted to judge for Ryan. And uh, I just I thought being an Aggie, he'd go back down there, you know. And uh, that didn't happen. And I was down there. And, uh, and it was fun. I uh, enjoyed my time down there. Met some great people. Um, met one of my very best friends to this day uh, while I was down there. But uh, as a as a kid, I always wanted to go to Tech. And, uh, you know, whenever he stayed, it, it was really more of a uh, that's where I thought I needed to be and, and wanted to go back, and, and it worked out great. You know?
0: I'm sure a bunch of your buddies from South Plains ended up at Tech. Yeah, you?
1: yeah, a bunch of my buddies from South Plains were there. And uh, I'd gotten to be really tight with the team ahead of me mm-hmm. um, at at Tech at the time when I was at South Plains. And uh, so it was good to go back and be with them guys and a lot of fun.
0: How was Ryan as a coach? Different?
1: Um, Ryan as a coach was, uh, we, were, we were workaholics, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, it was awesome. Um, I talked about Cade kind of developing that thought process. And uh, to this day, I'll tell you that you don't have to judge collegiately to judge stock shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, don't, I don't believe that. Um, but I will tell you one thing, uh, if you can go through that thought, that training of those thought processes that I learned under those two guys, it's, uh, it sure helps I think. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I was telling, uh, I don't remember who it was the other day that, uh, we used to ride in the van and we didn't listen to music and, uh, you know, Ryan, Ryan or who, or our assistants would be, you know, come up with. 25 ways to say that uh, this, you know, talk about a barrel walking at, walking at you. Like, how's there 25 different... But by God, we came up with them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun. Uh, learned a lot. Learned a lot about structure. Um, but mainly, I think I learned uh, just a, a thought process, a more detailed thought process. Um, I learned that there's more than the show ring mm-hmm. uh, with Ryan. and uh, And I think I'm... Uh, not to say I'm, I'm, the best livestock breeder in the world, but, uh, I think I learned a lot about, uh, I guess evolved in some, some of my thought processes from what he taught me mm-hmm. and, uh, and, uh, I'll never forget that, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, you,
0: from, I can't remember exactly, but you, you did pretty good. You were top 10 yeah, every we, national contest or senior? No,
1: team, or? no. I, uh, we had, a, we had a nice run. Uh, again, my, my, my head got in my way a bunch, uh, you know, I, I uh, we were on a I was on a team that at Denver we uh, we set the the record that they ever have had at Denver, and and broke it by quite a bit, mm-hmm. and uh, that was a lot of fun. And that group of kids, guys and girls on my team were were awesome. We had a lot of fun at that contest, and um, we were real successful. We never could put it all really together again. Um, you know, we'd have four in the top five and one would go off the reservation or you know just uh just never really happened again for us and uh i think we end up like fourth at louisville or something like that and uh and and i'll be honest uh kind of me being opinionated might have might have cost me even running that that day uh but uh we had a lot of fun and a really competitive team uh i was lucky and i'd won cheap a few places and uh, talked a lot of high sheep and goat sets which that was a lot of fun mm-hmm. so i really enjoyed that uh i didn't really think i missed livestock judging that much uh until you get to talking about the other day with somebody i was like man those were those times were awesome
0: oh yeah i mean you're surrounded so, by your, your best buds right? yeah yeah
1: just the people you met through that uh we're in group messages i talked to ben scott's one of my very best friends and uh he was on my team at tech talked to him every day um you know a uh, knew cade growing up um from we visit, were right? yeah from judging Yeah, he was at glasgow county and um you know we were we were buddies and uh but whenever we got there to south plains or i was at south plains and we got the tech and and that kind of just maturated into that guy's my brother you know i mean yeah. uh do anything in the world for him and and there's numerous guys that are uh, super successful, you know. That were on my team. I, you know, Josh Cribbs was on my team. He's big in the main uh, association. Riggin' Barham, um, riggin'. hell, DJ Rig, <laughs> that's his uh, self-proclaimed mi- nickname there. There you go. And uh, some good rigging stories. I got a lot of good rigging stories. <laughs> probably avoid now. Yeah, probably <laughs> need to avoid those. But uh, no, I, I had lots of good friends there. So,
0: so what was? I mean, through college, what you, you studied animal science, you know, production. Yep. Like, what was what was your goal what did you, you plan
1: on doing or just you think about me so uh, you know like a lot of people I'd always thought that vet school was kind of a, a thing for me and um, we kind of and I thought that was kind of an avenue I like to go and I always wanted to teach repro and uh, I always had a passion for repro I thought it was really neat uh, I, I loved all the repro technology and how we could uh, increase how much faster we're making genetic progress mm-hmm. and I, I always thought that was really neat um and uh but by the time that it came down for you know for me to graduate i had uh i was tired of school mm-hmm. i was tired of it i was ready getting done i was ready to uh do what i wanted to do in life mm-hmm. and you so, were still
0: pretty fired up about the sheep I mean, you yeah. were helping Lindsay. you guys were doing good and, yeah
1: yeah so we had uh we could rewind there a couple of years i had a uh, phone call that, uh, there was a bunch of blackface ewes at a, uh, at a cell barn in, I believe, Fredericksburg, mm-hmm. and this guy called me and was like, hey, there's all these ewes here from a guy named Max Banks, and Max had passed away about a year before that, and, uh, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'd be interested in them, but I'm, I'm in college, and I don't have time to go run these sheep mm-hmm. and do all this stuff, and not even think about it, well, uh, Kyle actually got a phone call. This guy down the road had bought those used, and uh, he was looking to you know sell on them. And I think he wanted something like 150 bucks a head for them. Yeah. And I was like, Kyle, I don't, I don't have time. I, I've already got my white U's down there that I got my dad doing everything on, and I'm not doing anything. And uh, so I called my dad, and he was like, "Oh, you idiot! We need to buy them things." Mm-hmm. So we we bought them, and that's kind of. Uh, so we had, you know, oh, about twenty five or thirty blackface ewes running around our place at that point also. Yeah. So, so what'd those look like? Uh so those were all pretty pretty much uh good fellow yeah. uh bread ewes is how they were. And uh, I'd met Max from Steve. I'd gone down that was the first really blackface sheep farm I'd really been to much. And uh met we'd go down there with Steve and I'd bought a few May lambs, you know, for Lindsay and uh about a buck, and, and, you know, for my white ewes, and, um, you know, that guy, was, he wasn't, uh, I'd probably only, he was only living probably about three years that I knew him, but, uh, you know, just an awesome guy, and, and that was a lot of fun to get in on that guy, and that deal was real progressive, and he was hustling on that deal, and um, had made a lot of really good sheep, a lot of good class winners, they were smaller type sheep, mm-hmm. Um but he was winning six, seven, eight classes a year at the Texas Majors. So uh, he was just lining up that good fellow deal and riding that wave, and it was working real good for him. Mm-hmm. So you get out of
0: college. Don't, you don't want to go to vet school, go home, say, I want to raise sheep? Or, okay. Well,
1: uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I applied for a few jobs. Um, county agent, right? County, county agent time. job. Um, I didn't get it. Uh, I applied for a couple of those other ones and didn't get an interview. And uh, I was kind of uh, helping Kyle still there and working for him. And um, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, I was fitting on Lindsay's sheep, doing a lot of that. I was hauling her to jackpots and, um, you know, kind of floating, trying to find myself what I was going to do. You know, I only had like 75 ewes or so, and uh, most of them were white. And then Mm -hmm. I was playing on these blackface deals just a little bit right there. So uh, that was kind of how where that went and uh that whole year i kind of just worked for kyle did some little stuff here for my dad raised those sheep and mainly i was the uh the barn guy i lived in the barn and i uh took care of Lindsay shoshi and uh it ended up being a pretty good year so she had an incredible senior year right yeah so you know usually most kids have that senior curse they get second and, everywhere they go. yeah I go second or you know um uh, yeah. just one of them deals yeah. But uh, she bannered everywhere but San Antonio that year and ended up being uh, reserve at uh, Houston overall with a final cross. Mm-hmm. And uh, that sheep was actually out of that buck that I bought from, uh, from Max Banks. Really? And me and Kyle uh, partnered on him. And uh, so that was a neat deal. Kyle raised that sheep. and um, Pretty cool deal.
0: She only showed finals and crosses that year?
1: Yeah, yeah. We bought her a good set of blacks. And, uh, or what we thought was a good set of blacks at the time. They didn't really feed out that mm-hmm. great. And it was kind of one of those thoughts. She showed one black that we raised that won a class at um, at Angelo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it was that class two or something like that. and uh, So that was the only one that she ended up feeding that actually fed out that year. And uh, But one of those deals, we thought, shoot, we can go take these blacks and be fifth or we can Throwing take our good... Sale. yeah. Take our good off breeds and hang banners, and that's what we did.
0: Do you think um, that you know a really successful senior year? Do you think that was influential in you know you being able to tell yourself you know I can I'm gonna raise some sheep I can do this.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it. Uh, not to say I was ever out of it, because um, when I was in college I learned a lot. I worked for some guys. Uh, I'd go shear for Mark Terry, whose mm-hmm. his daughter was uber successful and. Um, Mark's the one that taught me how to do legs. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, that was, Mark was a horseshoer by trade and, um, he, uh, <laughs> he taught me how to trim hooves and do all that and how they needed to look right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that was a, a good experience, but I was never all the way in charge, mm-hmm. uh, until I got to, uh, got home and my dad's business was growing and not crazy. And so it was, it was me. And, uh. And I had a good friend of mine, uh, Chad Walker, would come down every once in a while, and uh, he, I had one sheep in particular that I was feeding on that I just could not get him to do do what we wanted him to, and uh, Chad helped me get that thing straight, and he ended up winning the white white sheep there at Austin, mm-hmm. there at the, at the end. Um, but yeah, I bounced a lot of ideas off of Chad, and uh, we did a lot of things together, and, and he was just kind of getting rolling, kind of fading out of the ag teacher and starting back into the fitting deal, and... So that, that was a real good uh, person for me to lean on in terms of uh, just different ideas and getting things rolling. Yeah. So,
0: so how soon yeah. after that did you just go full-time sheeting?
1: Yeah, out? that would have been... Uh, so I was lucky. Um, you know, earlier I mentioned I fully believe that uh, there's there's breaks in life and there's people that you meet that uh, or you have relationships with that put you in the situations that lead you to where you're going to be. And uh, luckily... That guy for me was my dad, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I tried and, and I thought about going to the construction business with him, and uh, it, it just wasn't my passion. And kind of bounced around there a little bit in doing that, and uh, finally I just told him like, "Hey, I wanna, I wanna do this. I wanna go." And I bought uh, a buck called with a name Mandingo. Mm-hmm. He was fifth out of sixth. In the naturals at uh, it's Sedalia, right? yeah, and uh, <laughs> we bought that buck. And, and I was judging some shows at the time, and I just thought that thing was incredible. And um, so we did that, and we bred on some of our banks shoes and stuff that we had there. Um, I had a few use out of Ugly mm-hmm. from old Tony Winfrey, yeah, and uh, did some stuff like it was kind of just starting to piece things together, and uh, I guess. Been that next year, I uh, went up to Tyson Rules, and I saw this sheep. It was me and my dad, actually. Mm -hmm. And I see this sheep over there, and he's in the last pen on the right, and Tyson decides he needs to show me every sheep in the barn before he'll let me look at that one. And that was the first one I saw when I walked in there. So we see this sheep, and I'm like, I think we need to buy that one, Dad. And he was like, well, if we're going to do this, you know, Let's do it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was very lucky because uh, at the time, the the dollars that we were going to have to spend and whatnot, no bank w- was going to give that to me. And my dad's business had been very successful, and he uh, he stepped up and was kind of my my banker on the deal. And uh, not only was he the financial support in that deal, but uh, he's the one that really pushed me in terms of uh, believing in that I that I was able to could be able to do this. And, uh, just, uh, just believed in me. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was a really good deal.
0: I taught you how to run a business too. Yeah, yeah. It
1: taught me how to run a business and taught me that this is a business and not just a, a hobby. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but we, we saw that sheep and, um, I, at the time, Brian Johnson was just killing mm-hmm. folks. I mean, if you didn't have a Johnson sheep, you weren't winning your state fair. And, uh, so Tyson had this sheep. was like I'm thinking about cutting him and I'm like man that's the one like don't cut him please like so I'd flow up there again looked at him again like man this thing's awesome he's like yeah I'm gonna put him in the buck sale it's like okay he calls me one night like man I just we gotta win one of these big ones Mm -hmm. you know he was winning two or three you know winning a state fair here and there winning some jackpots lots of class winners getting close and uh I begged him like, "Don't cut that thing, man." So I flew up there, and I'm like, "You're not gonna cut him." Yeah, I'm not gonna cut him. Puts him the buck sale, and uh, I think I was the guy in the corner that uh, just standing there with his hand up. But uh, we bought him, and that was Polar Vortex. Yeah. And uh, so that that's uh, we bought him, and then I believe like a month later we went in and bought uh, all the Glasscock's mature use. Yeah. So.
0: So I know there's just kind of like three major U lines, you know, at your place. Like you just mentioned the Glasscock U's, uh, recently the, the Burst in U families, but kind of the first one that was really good was that Dudes Diva. Yeah. And I kind of noticed, I mean, you used that U family to make every buck you bought, every new buck you bought kind of famous. I mean, yeah. it seems like they made the best one ever year. that?
1: Had that U kind of come to start? So Dudes Diva would have been a U that I raised in 2011. I know. no. 2009 Mm -hmm. no 9 or 11 something like that somewhere in there and uh that was one of uh that all these sales were popping up and i thought that she was uber special Mm -hmm. and you know a few guys had you know kind of act like they didn't want me to put her in those sales and you know not a big enough name hey i get it now i 100 percent get it Mm -hmm. uh and there was a guy there in lubbock named we all called the dude and the dude he was man he was awesome he was like, I'll jackpot your little U lamb, you know, whatever. And, uh, dude took that U and she won her class probably 10, 15 times, won a few shows, and, um, brought her back in. And that was just that lined up Goodfellow deal. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and ever since then, she had our best one, best one, best one, best one. And, um, uh, we flushed her. We started flushing. Uh, we got good girls out of that deal. She had piles and piles of girls. Mm-hmm. I counted earlier, there's 30 U's in the, uh, Donor pen and 15 of them go back to her. Really? I mean, it, it's a wild deal. So
0: I mean, that. I mean, you, first time you was justified was on her. That made your best one that year. Yeah. And then, yeah. then Inferno the first year made that, you know, I guess uh, Mexican putting. blackbird's mom, right? Yep. And then, you know, so on so, and so forth. Tsunami, Polar, Horse, I mean, they all kind of...
1: They all worked on her, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we kind of... The, I'd bought, uh, I was running with Chad a lot then, and uh, Chad had this sheep from Logan McLennan, man, that I thought was special. And uh, he was out of a buck called Future. Mm-hmm. One that wins Dallas? One that wins Dallas, and that thing was a, at the time, I mean, that one was a stud. Mm-hmm. He, he's good today, I, I assure you. He was a really high-quality sheep And uh, Chad had got me hooked up with Logan, and I bought Future. Well, Future ended up not being fertile. Mm-hmm. And Logan's like, I'll send you this justified buck. Well, that was my first introduction to real life in the sheep business, I would say, because uh, <laughs> something happened one night, and I don't know if a gate got left open or if he knocked a gate open or what, but Future, or Justified killed Future, and uh, they got in a pen with each other and uh got fighting, and Justified killed him. Well, uh bred that buck, the boys were just okay, you know, the girls were where it was at, mm-hmm. and we made that you... That was a justified on dudes diva, and that's where, like you said, uh, our, our Aphrodite, mm-hmm. she's a uh, polar inferno justified dudes diva. Uh, Neptune Spears mom inferno justified dudes diva. Um, you know that's how all they all that line worked awesome for mm-hmm. us. And uh, man, like Black Mamba goes back to that stuff. Neptune Spear. Uh, Mexican blackbird. Yeah, they all kind of go back to that, that lineage and that you. Mm-hmm. And that, that deal worked really, really good.
0: A bunch of good so. show you too. I mean, Aphrodite was good. Oh, yeah. African's
1: mom was shown by Trace, right? Yep, yep. Uh, or, no, uh, Trace showed Aphrodite, who was out of Puddin. Puddin, okay. And Puddin's twin sister would have been Mexican blackbird's mom. Yep. So, um... That did that, that, yeah. Those show yous were good. The boys were good. Um, it, it worked really, really. We got really, uh, lucky there that all that just kind of came together and pieced together. And, Dude's Diva, she's, uh, she's uh, still alive. She's bred the green line for fall. Oh my morts. god, is she like 12 now. She, yeah, she's old. So, but uh, she had one of her, uh, top 15 you lambs this year. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. she's still kicking it. So, we've sold, uh, I think two U's ever out of that line. Barrett Carlisle bought a green line that's, uh, I believe she's green line Polar dudes diva right there. Um, We sold one more. Zach Mulliken got one in a group one time that went back to that. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, that that U, that line has been awesome for us. Yeah.
0: So let's jump back. You talked about it a little bit ago, but same year you bought those glass cockies, you bought Polar. Yep. And just that worked. I mean, yeah. we still got donors that are bred like that. I mean, yep. up the limit. Um, Ring helps mom. I mean, and yeah. Kool Aid, right? I mean, he was. Yeah, Kool
1: Aid was out of a ten twenty two, which was uh, forty gold mine. Uh, which at that time, uh, I'm trying to think back. Was that? That was. Yeah, 15. that would have been the first state fair that we ever won. Mm-hmm. And uh, that sheep was special all the way through. He had a little DD brother, which at the time we didn't know he was DD that we called batman and that mm-hmm. sheep did some good things um, some guys up in oklahoma actually bought a son out of batman they called trump that was a really neat looking mm-hmm. sheep um, but yeah that that glasscock line the females on that deal were really good for us um... that first year we made some nice males in terms of up limit and kool-aid and a few others but uh... That, that line just looking back uh... those like the the 1022 you uh, was worth the entire purchase. Mm -hmm. Cause now polar, I've got 15 that are polar 1022s, And, uh, there's some that look like ratted out skanks and there's some that look awesome Mm -hmm. and they both work. Yeah. Uh, they all work and and do us an awesome job. So yeah, that deal has been, that, that line was really, really good. That 40 gold mine, 40 guy wire, heck the sheep that was reserved at San Antonio last year was a, uh, a bishop polar forty Gawar. Really? Yep. So uh no, that that deal did us a really nice job and it really helped us increase our numbers at that yeah, point. Definitely.
0: So, so that next that next kind of big move you made was was the Burson use. And I understand you you were pretty good friends with the Burson family you know you yeah. How'd that kinda of come together?
1: I'd been going out there with Smithwick to buy bucks for years, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I remember plain as day, um, um. I went out there one year to help them get ready for the sale, and the sale was going to be, I mean, it, it's, it was a really foreign concept back then, but like, we're going to take all these pictures of these sheep, okay, and then we're going to put them on the internet, and we're going to have a live sale where people can bid, and I was just like, oh my God, Never that is incredible, point? you know, and that was the first time I met Dan Willoughby, and uh, Dan was out there, that deal was starting to roll, and I clipped legs, and I set up sheep for two days. And, uh, and I learned a lot. And I'll never forget, after those two days, the next uh, day is like cell day. And it was 2 o'clock in the morning. We are just gotten done doing everything. And Cody hands me a beer and says, let's go pull out my Keeper U lamps. Mm-hmm. How we old were you at this point? 20, 21. Oh, I was young. And uh, I went out there and helped Cody do that. And, uh, man, that was... That was a learning experience, um, you know. Why Cody <laughs> had faith in me to do that, I have no idea. It felt good though. But I think we sorted sheep till five thirty or six in the morning. Uh, it was a blast. How many uh, beers did you drink? There is no telling how many beers <laughs> we drink. Uh, but man, we had a blast, and in that family—maybe um, it's New Mexico thing—but uh, like the Luces, they always treated me like family. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they were awesome, awesome people to be around. And Cody always told you how he saw it, um, which I love that about him. Uh, so it came down to, uh, you know, his son had, had a few little health issues and his wife did as well. And, uh, you know, Cody's a banker and he didn't, his wife pretty much took care of all the sheep. mm mm-hmm so uh at least at night in terms of lamb and ewes and all that stuff and they just got they couldn't do it anymore and um i called him or he would called me i don't remember exactly how it went down and um we decided to make a deal on these sheep and um that day i'll never forget uh there's a few things that stick out that day that we loaded those sheep we loaded them things on a pot and uh the guy that was loading them, i never forget, was wearing overalls and a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> um, and I'll never forget uh, just going through those things with his family and just how passionate he was about those sheep. And I know that had to be the one of the harder days of their lives mm. to, to see them go. And I, and I hope we've made them proud with those sheep because they've uh, sure make us proud to have, own them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we lambed out those things and I sold a bunch of them to Tyson and he had a great run with them. That's where peaches come from. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, I'll forever be grateful for Cody, uh, presenting me that opportunity to go in there and, and buy those sheep.
0: So let's talk about that, that whole flock. I mean, they're not, we talked about it in Tyson's podcast and, and maybe a few others, but you know, they bought Leo in the early two thousands and that is still, I mean, there's how many, what's the most lined up Leo you have 50 shots maybe?
1: <laughs> no, there's no telling. Uh, it's crazy stacked in there. Uh, the only thing I'll ever give Cody a hard time about is when he gave me those records. There's a bunch of retags, mm-hmm. so um, use a loser tags, you know, just cheap business how it is. So a lot of times uh, when people would ask us, you know, well, what, what's this lamb out of? You know, or, what's his mom? Mm-hmm. And that one's you know, a polar or a drop or whatever they were on a shit ton of Leo (laughs) S T O L. That's what we'd call it. And, and, uh, uh, you know, it's kind of funny. A lot of the guys that come by here and buy a bunch of sheep, um, that they'll all, that's when I say burst and you look at their notes, it'll say shit ton of Leo now. Mm -hmm. And, um, but, uh, it it was a good deal. And, and that deal, uh, there's no telling how much burst or how much Leo was in that deal. And, um, it's kind of cool now. We're kind of getting the breed back on it with some outcross stuff that we did originally and using some stuff that's got those burst news uses grandmas, And uh, it's been a lot of fun to see and work with.
0: That flock kind of seemed like a, a major genetic superpower, you know, to whoever had it. Because I think you bred every single one of them to Drop. And, I mean, those use are very extreme in how they look. And they're all yep. similar and all lined up. And you took a buck, like Drop, that Tyson owned. And, and he's extremely, you know, lined up in and, and, and that way. I mean, that first year and two, how many State Fair champions or reserves did you have? Man. 13, 14?
1: It it was something crazy. Uh, You know, the Amstutz family. uh, We'll we'll rewind it just a minute there. When it came down to breeding day, we uh, wanted to use Polar. Because Drop wasn't famous yet. No, No, Drop wasn't the man yet. We wanted to use Polar because Polar was still the man, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. Still took the most captivating – picture maybe ever yeah. I, I was still that picture i look at him like man that thing's incredible um one of these polar wasn't hot that day oh not yeah so uh i told tyson like let's bring these things to ocd ocd is not hot that day and i was like well, what about this drop buck that looks like a weather like Thing's cool looking. I, that'd be I don't your know if he's one. wide enough. Well, at the time, I was wanting to make the things a little furrier, mm-hmm. have a little more body. And I was like, let's, I was like, let's breed to that one. And uh, so we bought some semen from Tyson, and and he helped me out there because we had all the mules to breed. And uh, he helped me out in terms of just getting those things settled. And of course, drop wasn't wasn't dropped in either. Yeah. And uh, we bred the mules, and uh, you know, we got. oh shoot Amstuds wins ohio state fair uh you were reserve ffa at california um phoebe
0: sanders the, sheep
1: yeah phoebe's sheep i forgot about that one yeah uh but it was a, it was a good run i mean it was a, a really nice run and then the next year we read those things to drop again like that shit worked let's go mm-hmm. uh that reserve at louisville of lydia Strakas. Uh, and that thing wins uh, Oklahoma State Fair also. Mm-hmm. Um, Reserve was, at Missouri. And... Yeah, Reserve at Missouri. That was uh, the Wiss family. Reserve that was an up-the-limit on uh, on a Burson, actually. Uh, yeah, we had Reserve at Angelo with uh, Max Fisher. Um, that was a drop Burson. Uh, man, I'd have to go back there and look at all them deals. We had a U-Lam that was 7407 that the Turner family showed. Uh, I won't forget her. She was a specimen, and uh, she was a polar on one of them burson and ewes. And, uh, and then uh, this little buck that we ended up naming Bishop Bullwinkle was a drop on one of those burson ewes. So,
0: I mean, they they worked incredible. I mean, Tyson, you, you sold the, the bottom end to Tyson, and he made peaches.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe I'm maybe I'm not the smartest guy there. Maybe I should have held on to them things. But, uh, no, that, that deal worked out good, and we sold them things to Tyson, and he's had a good run with them, and, um, you know, Uh, hopefully once Peaches gets into production, she, uh, makes a, makes a buck that, uh, Mm -hmm. maybe I can weasel a little semen out of Tyson on and, uh, tie back into some of these things and go back to stacking that stuff back in there. Mm -hmm. So
0: was Bishop the third year or second year they used drop on those years? Uh, he'd been the second year that
1: we used drop and, uh, you know, you were here that year, Mm -hmm. um, that sheep was always, you know, crazy built. We never thought of him as a muscle sheep and, um...
0: And yeah, he was the most exotic thing ever. I thought he was, you know. Yeah, FF, just
1: you know? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, you would think now looking back ones. just as a baby that he'd be an FF cuz he was just he was big legged, he was big-toed and just so so freaky and then, and you know, became uh, the thickest sheep ever. Yeah, just got Arnold-like, you know. But uh no, that was that was a lot of fun on that one. That was one of my favorite things was when new people came or judging teams here like, "Let me go show you Bishop. Just look at this." Thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So no, that uh, you know, it's you think back on it now and you think you know, no wonder. I mean, the success that the Burson family had with those U's, and the success that dropped the mic ended up having, that uh, that that one came out to be as special as he was. Oh yeah.
0: I mean, he's made some great cheap for you. I mean, you're is, is that was was Matty Faye's Bishop your first Texas? Uh yeah. Well no that. Or been, Sam or a Max's, but yeah
1: um Matty Fay's sheep was special you know uh yeah. a lot of guys came through and and uh and you know that one never really he was always a little behind always a little behind and I think they told me one day they ended up feeding that thing like five or six different types of feed just to get him to eat mm-hmm. you know and uh that sheep was uh, always real I always liked that one I always believed in that one and uh you know that one was a lot of fun got out there and be third out at, at Louisville, and then reserve at San Antonio behind an ice sheep, and um, that thing won a bunch of jackpots and yeah. a lot of, a lot of we got a lot of mileage out of that one. Yeah, so, that's cool. So I mean, you're the youngest guy I've had, huh?
0: Right? And I mean, most of these guys have had like 30 years of just straight, you know, hardcore knowledge and, and stuff. You're, you're kind of in the middle of that and right now. I mean, in the last five years, raising blacks. What's the What's something major that you've learned or just figured out that was really influential for
1: you maybe? Something major that I've learned. Just raising sheep. Well, if you don't want to work, you better get out. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's a lot of work. you got to be able to take the ups and the downs. Um, we flushed 20 used one time. and made 10 embryos, mm-hmm. uh, three live lamps. One of those was Neptune's spear. Yeah. Um, paid for it. Um, you know, so I think just being able to persevere and uh probably probably my my thing i've learned the most throughout the whole deal is um there's good people all over this industry and it doesn't matter which species you're in maybe you're a rival with somebody if you need those people they'll be there for you mm-hmm. um you know, and, and I think that that's my favorite thing. Our life evolves around the stock show industry. Uh, it's what I do for a living, it's what my wife's passionate about. Hopefully, it's what our daughters are passionate about. about. Uh, I guess, uh, you know, so I'd say the thing that I've learned the most is, is work, work ethic. Um, you know, keep your nose to the grindstone, and that the people in this deal, uh, even though you may not get along all the time, if you had a flat they'd come help you mm-hmm. and uh and it doesn't matter who, who they are the, there's there's no there's no bad people in this deal in my opinion yeah so for sure
0: so i mean we're kind of coming to a close but i kind of one last question but i mean what what do you see for the the future in that flat stock i mean you're but you're about to sell your barn right i mean kind of yeah a new deal?
1: yeah we're about to sell our facility um you know we're putting it on the market and and uh kind of gonna me and my wife Lacey have bought some land over here and uh she she grew up there she grew up with all the sheep right there next to the house and uh more of a family farm type situation uh my deal uh people joke around sometimes say that's just a baby making facility that I have Mm -hmm. uh down the road And, and it is uh it's very commercial like um so our goal is to sell that and Rebuild our, our place over here next to our home, so our daughters can uh, can enjoy it and be out there with me more. And um, and this takes a lot of hours, you know. And uh, there might be some downtime that I could spend more time with my family. So uh, we're gonna move uh, and, and get that deal rolling. Um, but uh, you know, the, the future for enough livestock, uh, we we've kind of got a game plan, uh, you know. One thing that I learned the day that uh, OCD and Polar weren't fertile was the good Lord sorts your sheep, mm-hmm. and he knows better than you do. So uh, we have a game plan, but that not, might not be exactly how it goes down. Yeah. Um, but we have goals. Um, I'm a goal-oriented person. I like to set goals. I like to I like to chase those things and get them. So hopefully we can get our new facility built and uh, have it where we can enjoy our, our daughters out at the barn, and hopefully they'll be as passionate about it as Lacey and I are. That'd be cool. Yeah, it'll be fun. I'm really excited.
0: So let's promote your, you got a, you got a barn for sellers. Yeah, was it two yeah. Two hoops on there, a huge <laughs> yeah. barn, there's a lamp. Oh. I mean, it's, it's built, if you need a barn <laughs> and you want to raise a lot of stock, just has got a facility for sale.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, there's two hoop barns and uh, How big? probably is that, the biggest barn you've ever seen. The big pole barn, I mean, it's like an acre, isn't it? Yeah, it's an acre under roof and there's surgery lab and an air-conditioned buck barn we've, we poured our heart and soul in to get in that place, and now we're gonna right. try to get rid of it. But uh, no, that place will ever. In uh, you know, other spots, you know, it'll forever be a, a big part of me because we took our bumps and bruises there and um, learned a lot. We looked at a lot of sheep with a lot of really, really good sheep guys there, and uh, it's gonna be. It's going to be a change, but I think just in terms of, for my family, uh, you know, I, I hope that, I just really and truly hope that our daughters have the bug mm-hmm. as bad as we do, and uh, uh, you know, and if not, if they want to do something else, or they want to do dance, or play basketball, True or... Damn yeah, <laughs> too damn bad. Yeah, too no, damn bad. No, no, we'll do what they want to do, but, uh, you know, so far, uh, Oakley's got three sheep stands and all these sheep she blows and works legs all the time so hopefully she's already got the sickness and uh we'll keep on going but uh it's no, kind of in her blood. Yeah, you could say it's in her blood. I think her mom's more obsessed than I am, but it's <laughs> perfect. Well, thank you Chance. No, thanks
0: thank for you. having me. Welcome back to Legendary Mindset. So uh I hope you guys enjoyed that. It was a lot of fun there to sit down with Chance and and just kind of talk about his story, uh, but next week's episode is still a mystery. I will be recording it this week. I'm actually going to try and get a few of them stockpiled up, uh, just so I have them, you know, there to sit on for a few weeks. But I'd um, like to say thank you guys again for all the positive comments. One of my favorite positive comments is uh, when people say, you know, one of the things I really like about your podcast is how is how uh, little you talk and how much you let those guys tell their story and uh you know what thank you i don't like to hear myself talk either which is why i barely do but um i will be getting a new mic system so you can hear me talk just a little bit smoother um but i will see you guys next monday